What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here with you. We got a lot to talk about. Good amount in the NBA. We've got some football. Some college basketball. But first, I am going to talk about the National Hockey League. I was watching the NHL uh, All-Star Game, and they had the Skills Challenge. It was a pretty cool weekend down in Florida. And the thing that I keep coming back to when I watch is I know they are trying to, well, first of all, 2024, the NHL All-Star Game is going to be in Toronto. If it wasn't cold, I'd be like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. I really want to see the National Hockey League find a way to get a little more mainstream. And one of the reasons why I think about that is because I'm like, hmm, I wonder what the ratings were for the All-Star Game and they were trying to be cool and... You know, I love seeing, especially when you think of them as competitors, it was really neat to see Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin and Alex Ovechkin's son coming out on the ice and his interaction with Sidney. You know, when you think of them being rivals and then you see them like this, it kind of softens you up a little bit to that rivalry. If whatever the hatred is, maybe not everybody, but for me it does. And it was cool to see. But it's funny because... On ESPN, and I tweeted at him just because I want to be a part of conversation and I just like my thoughts to be known. They were talking about the greatest athlete of all time. And Jay Will brought up, obviously, LeBron. Then they brought up Tom Brady. And there was all this back and forth between the two of them. But then Jay Will also threw in Serena Williams, like, oh, well, she could be the greatest athlete of all time. And the thing for me, as I've said multiple times, I think the greatest athletes are hockey players. Because if you think at the speed with which they are skating and have to stop on a dime, they hit like football, right? Those skates are dangerous. They have a stick. They have a puck. They're playing on ice. You have to be able to dance and be acrobatic and athletic, it's, hockey just simply does not get the respect it deserves. And the players don't. Because in my mind, I was curious, one, when Jay Will brought up Serena, I was like, um, how could you bring up Serena and not think about Novak Djokovic, who was fresh in your mind off of ESPN doing the Australian Open. And obviously, you know what I'm saying? If you don't watch hockey, that I get it. Um, excuse me, if you don't watch tennis, I get it. Well, I guess if you don't watch hockey, I get that too. 
But I felt like Novak Djokovic should be in the conversation as well. I think he should. And of course, thinking about the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Former professional hockey player from Canada. He's won the Hart Memorial Trophy, Art Ross Trophy, the great one. He is the best ever. He's, you know, he's won the Stanley Cup, what, I think like four times? Nine Hart Trophies as an MVP? He was a playoff MVP? I mean, I just don't know what else you can ask for out of a player. And you want to talk about records? Okay, so Ovi is going to pass Gretzky for goals scored. But he's the only NHL player to total over 200 points in the season. He did that four times because he wasn't just scoring goals, but his assist number are out of this world. Out of this world. I get that, you know, the the fanfare, the passion, the amount of attention the sport gets is not there. But Wayne Gretzky has 2,857 points in his career. 894 goals and 1,963 assists. And that's amazing. Ovi is going to pass Wayne Gretzky in goals. He's at 812 now. He will pass him. And I find it interesting that LeBron is going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Possibly in the same year, well, probably not, probably next year, when Ovi is going to pass Wayne Gretzky. But still maybe in the same calendar year, which is interesting. But it's those assists that I'm like, you can't forget. You simply cannot forget. Alex Ovechkin only has 652 assists, so we know he's not going to catch. Even if you take away the 1,000 assists that Wayne Gretzky has, and you left it at 963, Alex Ovechkin is not going to pass that. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest athlete of all time. Period in my book. And I know, I know it's unconventional to say that. I know most people are going to be like, yeah, whatever. But I just found it interesting that it wasn't something that was talked about. Never even crossed their minds when they were on Jay Will and Key and Max, however you say it. It's so confusing, the three names. Just come up with like a nice generic show name instead of putting their actual names in it. But anyway, I digress. I just wanted to get that out there, that I was surprised that that did not come up in conversation. Now, granted, granted, I did not listen to the whole episode or I guess you can watch it too because it's on ESPN but maybe someone did bring that up that called in 
That's a possibility. But I wanted to bring that up. Another thing that I want to bring up before I get to some of the bigger news or bigger stories in my mind is both of them involve Duke. First one is this Duke-FSU game that Kara Lawson was upset about that they played a whole first half with a men's ball. And, and of course, Kara Lawson was like, oh, well, you know, that would never happen in the men's game. Well, you're right, it wouldn't happen in the men's game because the men, they play with the ball. There are just some things that I don't want. And maybe from a news perspective, we let it rise to the top two. And luckily it wasn't a big deal, but like, come on, you got to take some onus too. Don't say that as if it was on purpose and it was, oh, that was the only thing they could do. Because in my mind, the first question that came to me is, is was like, how come the players didn't say anything, right? The second you dribbled the ball before the tip or, the, or when the tip went up, you didn't say, hey, this ball feels heavier. You got to take some onus on yourself. Especially if you think it may not have necessarily been the referees. I mean, certainly that they weren't doing it on purpose, but, you know, someone hands them a ball, they dribble it, maybe they're men's and women's basketball coach. I mean, referee, and they just kind of, oh, yeah, okay, yep, let's go play the game. Everything is not a slight on the women's game. And I felt like that's, that's where it started from is like, a, oh, yeah, you know, once again, the women's game is getting, you know, a bad rap. And I just felt like, no. Okay, yeah, it is embarrassing for your sport to an extent. And that's a quote from Kara. Quote, this would never happen in a men's game. This would never happen. It's embarrassing for our sport to have a game that at the end of the season could be the difference between the seed, between the title. My players don't deserve that and neither do their players. I just think that it was just overblown. Because you've got to take some responsibility for that. Your captains, who should have, you know, palmed the ball, make sure they're good with it, they got to take responsibility for that. And even if you're a coach and you're like, oh, well, I'm trying to take up for my team. I get that. But I would like to see the onus on the fact that you played a whole half with it. You didn't have to. You could have played a second with it. And I'm saying that just based on the tip and somebody's like, oh, yeah, that's not right. Whatever. A minute. Some things we just got to compartmentalize a different way and not say, oh, that would never happen. I mean, there, there are a lot of things we could say that would never happen. But I'm sure it's happened many a times. I know the flip side that was funny when I was on Twitter and reading some conversations and articles about it, there were some uh, male players joking about how, man, they love to play with a women's ball. Like everything was going in. They felt like Steph Curry out there with the women's ball. I did too. When I played with the women's ball, I was like, oh snap. Okay. It is what it is. But I said this was about Duke and two stories. Do you know it's been since 1960 
that a men's Duke or men's UNC Tar Heels team was not in the top 25. 1960, y'all. 63 years. My math is correct. Duke UNC, as much as I hate it, not just because I've had a love-hate relationship with both teams, but now that Pitt, University of Pittsburgh, when it went to the ACC, I was like, ugh, I don't like them even more. But I got to admit, this basketball season is not the same without Duke or UNC in the conversation. How many of you know who the number one team in the country is? It's Purdue. How many players can you name on Purdue? Zero. How about the number two ranked team, Houston? How many players can you name on Houston? Zero. Alabama, zero. Arizona, maybe one. And I'm also saying it for me too, that I feel bad that I'm just not watching enough. I'm not into college basketball, so I could barely tell you the players on that team except for the players for Pitt and some players for Duke. And really, that's only one player that I can remember. That's Jeremy Roach for Duke and Baycott for UNC. I mean, the funny thing is the first name that comes to my mind when I think of University of Pittsburgh, I was like, Champagny. I was like, oh, he's gone. Now, I know the, the Pitt roster, but just the first name that came to my mind was Champagny. That's all I'm saying. But without Duke and UNC in the top 25, it feels weird. 63 years. That's a long, long time. Long, long time. Something's got to change. No, nothing's got to change. It is what it is. All right, we're going to the NBA. We're going to stick with basketball. I had a lot to get to in the NBA. Some I may get to, some I may not. I'm going to talk about Kyrie first. And there is no doubt in my mind that Kyrie has to try to chill. It's important for him to chill and try to settle himself. Because he's always in the headlines for the wrong reasons and in many ways saying it's not his fault. He felt disrespected by the Nets. The Celtics didn't like him. He got into it a little bit with LeBron James in Cleveland. And now he's on another team in the Dallas Mavericks after a trade. And of course, that has ripple effects. Now KD's not sure what he's going to do with the Nets. And the Nets are in trouble. This is the second guard. James Harden was the other one. Like three of their stars have asked for trades in the last probably 12 months, maybe even less than that. Harden's with the Sixers. KD asked for a trade last summer, last summer then backed off of it. Kyrie has asked for two trades. The controversy follows him, and it has to find 
He's got to find a way to stop it. He has to. And the sad thing is I don't think this is going to work either. I don't think Luka and Kyrie can work. They both want the ball in their hand, maybe a little too much. You could say he could work off ball, but I don't necessarily think that when it was Durant and KD and Harden that it worked. Luka's not going to not want the ball in his hands. Their usage numbers, to me, are too high for them to be on the same team. I don't think it's a good backcourt for that. I really don't. Now, the good news is Kyrie, as much as it's like a a trade that's like a Band-Aid for the Mavericks, I don't think they're going to go far in the playoffs. And Kyrie can leave, and now he can go to Lakers, which apparently LeBron wanted him back with the Lakers. The drama. Could you imagine if Kyrie Irving was in a Lakers jersey tonight? As the... LeBron James about to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the game against Oklahoma City Thunder? Wow, that would be a crazy game. That would be a wild game. I just don't think Dallas is going to work. I think that their game is too similar. Yeah, they can shoot threes. Yeah, they can get to the rack. But the way they play off ball, they don't really play off ball in my mind. A lot of pick and rolls. You know, Kyrie's quicker with off the dribble. But I think realistically, yes, Luka needed another player to help him score. So he didn't have to do as much. But not the way I think it's set up for Kyrie to be that player. That's what I don't think is necessarily the right teammate for Luka. That's where the issue is for me. Now, I know there were reports that Josiah knew that Kyrie wanted to go to the Lakers, that LeBron James wanted Kyrie to come back. And Josiah was like, I don't care who you trade him to as long as it's not to the Lakers. And I don't blame him for that if if those reports are true. But I just don't see it working out in Dallas. And if it does... I'm happy for him. That's fine. I'm not saying I don't want it to work out. I just don't think that the two of them will be able to get it done. I think that Luca, unless unless maybe Luca, he's a tall guard. Maybe he's like, hey, I'll play off ball. I'll be, you know, I could be like a small forward type. Maybe. And then saying, okay, I'll give the ball to Kyrie and let him be the point guard and bring the ball up, et cetera, et cetera. Then maybe I think it'll work. That's the one way I think that could be good. But not if it's like Luca's like, no, I want the ball in my hand. And Kyrie's just standing there shooting threes. No, I don't see it. He's not Klay Thompson. Right? Luca and Kyrie are both more like Steph Curry. And you can't have two, two Steph Currys on a team. You can't. You could try to be like, oh, well, Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. But Jordan Poole's a young player. He knows that he's not going to get the number of shots. But between two superstars to say, oh, well, who's going to get the shots? Who's going to have the ball in their hand? I think it's going to cause confusion. And I don't necessarily see it working out. And if I'm one of the other players on the team, I'm like, well, I don't want to play here because I'm never getting the ball between the two of them. I mean, if you think about it in any NBA game, you're going to get up maybe how many field goals? 80? 
80 field goals in a game? I'm a randomly, right? Because I'm 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 saying this without having necessarily said I'm gonna research it per se. I'm just gonna pick a random game. Celtics, Pistons. Random game. How many field goals? 83. I said about 80. I think that's about right. And you know that Luca and Kyrie are gonna get about 24 each, would be my guess. 48 shots out of 80, that doesn't leave a leave a lot for a third option or another player. They're probably going to end up maybe with five, six shots a game if you're spreading that out over the rest of the team. Maybe 10 on some nights. And Luka's not even playing right now. Which is another thing. What does that mean for Dallas, who really, they... 29 and 26, three games over 500. They're only five and five in their last 10. They're only plus five in the differential. I don't even know if Kyrie can make that much of a difference without Luka. And let's see when Luka's going to return. You never know. Granted, in Brooklyn, you never know what's happening with KD when he's going to be healthy or not. And maybe that was another reason why Kyrie was like, let me get out. You're not going to pay me what I want to get paid. So I'm out. And he's out. Let's talk about another team and another player. Fights in the NBA are up. No? Yes? Two nights in a row? We had some big fights? Between Minnesota and Orlando? One night, then the next night we have the Grizzlies and the Cavs. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. Well, first, I do want to say that the Grizzlies, they got some issues to work out. John Morant. was quoted by the Daily Memphian as saying, we are, you see it every day on social media, that they are the most hated team in the NBA. I wouldn't go that far, but you aren't helping your case. You just simply aren't helping your case. You're chirping a lot at 32 and 21, have lost three in a row, two and eight in your last 10, 11 and 16 on the road, 15 and 16 in conference. You're just doing too much. That's the problem. The Grizzlies are in the headlines for fights and laser sights. Whether John Morant, we know he was in the car or not, the fact that the Pacers had to say, hey, look, we were concerned. There were laser lights on our security staff as a a slow roll by a car after the, uh, some, I I, I don't even want to go into it. The fact that we're trying to find a way to like the Grizzlies, to go back to liking John Morant's It's not good. 
even if NBA security, they conducted an investigation and they interviewed numerous witnesses and they couldn't corroborate the story. Well, it's hard to corroborate a laser light if it's like for like five seconds. Nobody can really see that except for the person maybe is pointed at and the people right around him. Morant's close friend, Devontae Pack. At the moment, he's banned from FedEx Forum for the rest of the year. It is, there's a part of me that's like, it's not even about whether it was really true or not. If you imagine a Pacer staffer saying, hey, I feel for my safety. Like at some point, you've got to say, hey, let me think inward. Let me think about what may have been misconstrued as a, a threat to them. That's where I'm coming from. Sometimes you have to think about your actions as not actions as like, well, I didn't do it. So perception plays a role in it. And there's a lot of chirping, not just by the the Memphis Grizzlies, but like Morant's dad is getting to it all the time. Like, chill. I know NBA security staff. There's no way they joke about this. There's no reason for them to make this up. They don't want that attention on them. So if they felt for their safety, if they felt that they were in grave danger, that should be taken seriously. Yeah, people are not happy with your team. People are thinking, oh, what, what's with them? You're, you know, back in LA when you were chirping with Shannon Sharp. Now I'll agree. Shannon Sharp shouldn't have been chirping. But then when the players chirp back, I mean that that should not have gotten to where it is. Or where it where it did, rather. I just hope that John Morant and the Grizzlies look inward. John Morant's got a lot at stake here. And I know again, Shannon Sharp was like, oh, you, you know, he called him out saying, yeah, you want to be from the hood and all that stuff. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into whether he thinks he's from the hood or whatever. Don't be anywhere around people who can get you in trouble, period. That's all it is. You go away from trouble. You go away from giving anyone an opportunity to accuse you of something. That's where I'm coming from. That's where it's like he needs to take a step back and look within himself and say, you know what? I may need to think a little bit about what I'm doing. And same for the Grizzlies. Because you're not going to get many calls. That cheap shot on Donovan Mitchell, that was not cool. Whether you tried to act like, oh, I didn't really do it on purpose. They're getting into too many scuffles. And when you're the hated team in the league, if you're whether it's perceived or not, that becomes reality. And then people are not rooting for you. And then people are concerned. And then you can think about the front office and other members of the 
Grizzlies organization wondering, hmm, are we heading the wrong direction? Do we need to make a change? Because that can affect ticket sales. Maybe people are like, hey, I don't necessarily want to go to a Grizzlies game. There's always going to be some kind of violence or negativity. You got to think about those things. Let me move to something positive in the NBA. LeBron James is about to make history. Now, you know I've always said I think that the playoffs should count. So technically, in my mind, LeBron James has already made history. He's already passed Kareem for the most points. And in my mind, he is the king. And as I thought about who is the best player ever, I now think that it is LeBron James. And I'm going to tell you why. LeBron James has multiple rings, right? Multiple rings with three different teams, mind you. Three different, you know, so we're talking about the continuity of his, of the team he was playing on and his teammates took them all to the championship. Lakers, Cavs, Heat. And I know you may say, oh, that's, is that enough? Some people may still think, oh no, I think LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan is still the best player in the NBA. He's not. He's not the best to ever play anymore. But the thing is, it is his own fault. Michael Jordan, I mean. He stopped playing. He quit early. He missed two seasons of playing basketball. And then missed another, what, two seasons after that before he went to the uh, Washington Wizards? And he couldn't take him to a title. He couldn't get him up there. That's where I start to think that... I started to think about how yeah, you know, he just, LeBron James is better. He missed one season. One in some seasons. I guess he did come back in that 94-95 season. And then he missed three more seasons where he retired. And then came back with the Wizards. I know you could talk about, you know, points per game and all of that stuff. You could. You really could. But you know what? The totality of one's career, he basically gave up four and a half seasons where he could have been scoring, and he wasn't. And so, whatever he thought about his legacy, maybe he never thought that there would be someone like LeBron who could pass him, although I'm sure to an extent he probably did. But that's where I, I think as we think about LeBron James about to break this record... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record, and he may actually get up an assist, as I was talking about Wayne Gretzky in assists. LeBron James, 
is going to be up there in assists. I don't think he, he can't catch John Stockton. But he's going to be up there. He's going to be up there. And I'm looking forward to watching him pass Kareem's record. And I am happy to say that I got to see him play. I am. I really am. So with the magic of editing, when I talked about LeBron versus Jordan and LeBron's a GOAT, that was yesterday. Now, uh, last night I had the opportunity to watch history being made with LeBron James uh, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I've seen most of the stats, heard a lot of people talk about it. Um, and I, I really, in the end, uh, it was just a magical moment to watch you know, Kareem hand the ball off to LeBron, him pass the record of Kareem's and have 38,388 points. But there was also a part of me that there was a disappointment as the game wore on and to think that he did that in the third quarter and only scored two points in the fourth quarter. Like there was a level of sadness that the Lakers couldn't win the game. It reminded me in many ways when I think back to Michael Jordan with the Wizards, like you're just not winning. You're just not a good team. But I thought that LeBron, the king, would rise to the occasion and lift his team to a win. Instead, they lost by three. LeBron only scored two points in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, it's like, okay, fine. Let's just say, instead of trying to say who's the greatest of all time, that he holds the all-time regular season scoring record. Let's just say that. Because there's so many other things that can play into what makes someone the greatest of all time? Michael Jordan changed the game from a commercial standpoint in my mind. That paved the way for Kobe to have his own shoe. And LeBron to have his own shoe in the empire that he has. And also think about the fact that the three-point line was not in existence when Kareem was playing. And some of the other greats that were playing that were shooting guards and Small forwards that probably would have been taking threes. Also the fact that LeBron and even Kobe, they were playing in the NBA at 18. Michael Jordan, Kareem, and others, you know, weren't playing in the NBA till 21, 22, 23. That's three, four, and five years less than what LeBron played. But then you can also say on the other end, the longevity of LeBron, he played longer too. There's a lot of factors that go into it. I mean, again, as I mentioned earlier, Michael Jordan didn't play for what? Almost five seasons. He came back in the middle of a season and played 17 games. But overall, when you think of 
where LeBron stands right now. He's at the top of the list. He's at the top of the list with 38,390 points. He did it in 150 less games than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He played 300 plus more games than Michael Jordan. The number of three-pointers that he attempted, Michael Jordan attempted 1,700 three-pointers, 1,700 and 78. LeBron James attempted 6,494. He made 2,237 compare, compared to 581 for Michael Jordan, compared to one three-pointer made for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So there are all of these numbers that you can look at and try to compare, and Kobe Bryant's up there. Maybe it would have been Kobe if it wasn't for his health and when he retired, when he did. The next closest active player is Kevin Durant. He's 14th on the list. Never going to catch him because he definitely does not have health on his side. He has 26,684 points. 12,000 roughly less than LeBron James. LeBron James isn't done. He even said last night he'll probably play one or two more seasons. I know he had always talked about playing with his son. And then I went down the list more. Like, well, who else active is on the list? Russell Westbrook. I always mess it up. You mess it up too. Russell Westbrook. James Harden, they're each in that 24,000 points. Steph Curry, as great as he's been, he's only at 21,000 points. Played 864 games. Be curious to see how many years he will continue to play. DeMar DeRozan, huh? Sneaky. Sneaky that I put that one in there. You didn't know that, right? DeMar DeRozan is on the list at 40th, right behind Steph Curry at 21,164 compared to 21,183 for Steph Curry. Chris Paul, 21,413. The three of them are kind of right next to each other. LeBron is the greatest scorer as far as points in a regular season okay we'll give that to him and maybe it's best that we leave it there maybe it's best that we not try to compare him to Michael Jordan as I was just doing and I have to admit that it was probably last night listening to different people reading stuff reading different stories and on Twitter and whatever And I feel like in the end, maybe it's just clickbait. Just forget about it and enjoy the game. It's envious of everybody who was in the building. Of course, you never know which game it was going to be. If you're a season ticket holder, then you're like, yep, 
I'm just going this whole season. I'm going to enjoy it. I wish he could have done it in Cleveland, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. But it was fun to watch. And I'll leave you with this, which was the funniest thing that I had happened. This morning I wake up and I'm watching him. Uh, I'm watching the Lakers Oklahoma City game. And you can't lose to Oklahoma City. Like, oh my God, that, can't, that team isn't even that good. But then again, I guess that means, no, the Lakers in Oklahoma City are probably a little more even, even with the greatest points scorer. I don't even, what am I, uh, all-time scoring leader. I can't even say it right. But my son, who just got a shot two days ago, we're listening to the game and Stan Van Gundy. LeBron James has 32 points. And it's, it's a shame, but I don't remember who the play-by-play guy was, but he was like, oh, LeBron James is two points away. And Stan Van Gundy says, um, LeBron James has 34 points on just 17 shots. And my little five-year-old says, Daddy, how can somebody get 17 shots in one arm? And I was like, no, 17 basketball shots. And I thought maybe he understood it and we were watching the game. I'm like, you know, yeah, shot. That's He's shooting the ball. And then another minute passes. And just before LeBron scores the 30, his 33rd and 34th point, that fadeaway jumper to pass, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he says, man, I can't take 17 shots in one arm. That hurts. That's kind of the accent he has. But I thought that was really funny. From a five-year-old, his perspective on LeBron James scoring uh, in that game. 17 shots, 17 shots. All right, next Just for Sport, we'll talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl coming up. I'll give my gut check pick. And also something that I keep forgetting to talk about, my record from last year betting every single day for 365 days. One of these days I'll get to it. I just feel like it didn't rise up. Once I missed that first pod when we got into the new year, then I just forgot about it. But I'll talk about that on my next Justice Sport. I'm Jim O.K. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code JFORSPORT and PrizePix will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today.